Welcome to Kingdom Builders Weekend. I almost forgot to turn my mic on. Here I am. I'm so glad you guys are here. We're especially grateful if you're uh, listening in online. We want to welcome you and thank you for being with us today. If you're a guest with us today, I want to welcome you personally. And uh, I think you picked a great weekend to come to find out who we are as a church. All the amazing things that we get to be a part of around the world. We're going to share that because that's what we do on our Kingdom Builders weekends. I don't know if you guys know, but um, you, you probably heard this. Last weekend, we went down to Mexico and we took um, 58 from Newbreak of us down to Mexico to build houses for some families. We built three houses down in Mexico last weekend. And the cool part about that is that we actually built our 139th house as a part of, of Newbreak. Amazing. Now, when I go on these trips, I actually, before I was a pastor here at Newbreak, worked at Amore Ministries. And I've been going on these trips since 1991. Every time I go, it always grabs my heart and, and takes me to a, a place of perspective. And this was no different on this trip. We all got together here at this campus and got all of our camping supplies and everything. Loaded up on a bus, and we went across the border, checked out through the border, and, and as soon as you cross the border, you just, you just see a change. There's some really nice parts of Tijuana that we were driving in, and then very quickly, as you start to make your way out of the city, things get really different. Dusty, dirty, uh, poverty just starts to, to, to catch your eye everywhere you go. And so we drove through really to the far kind of southeast side of Tijuana into this area where the campground was and just passed all kinds of things. If you were outside, you would, you would smell the, the smells from the food to the animals to everything in between. And so we drove and we got to our campground. Now, one of the things I love about this weekend is I love to camp. And so uh, how many of you love to camp? A few of you guys, how many of you guys hate to camp? Let me be honest, just a couple. Seriously, we're going to win you over one of these days. I want all of you guys to go down to Mexico with us at some point. You can do it. You can do it. So we go, and we get to the campground, and Amor, so awesome, all of our tents are set up for us when we get there. They did not put a mint on our pillow, but um, the, the tents were there, and we divided up, and we put all of our camping stuff in the tents, and it's, a, it's really a week or a weekend of identifying with the poor. Um, we have outhouses for our toilets, which is what you would find in the communities. Now, they were really clean. The camp security keeps them super clean and everything, but we took bucket showers, uh, some people brought little solar showers or whatever, but that was our showers. We got two gallons of water to take a shower with. You guys can't even get the hot water to come on after two, hour, uh, two, minute, uh, uh, two gallons of water. So we, that was our deal, and we loved it. And, and so we were there, and it starts to give me a reminder. And then we jump on these buses, and we drive out to the community. And when we got to the community, it was kind of a newer community that hadn't been there very long. And you could... One of our work sites was, there was a van outside. We walked by it and, and there was something foul inside that van. The windows were cracked a little bit and it smelled like something that maybe died in there or something or flies buzzing around. That was right across from one of our work sites. The houses that were there were just fashioned together with, with scrap lumber, plastic, whatever they could basically throw together to kind of create a shed sort of structure. 
uh, didn't look like many. Our families, they were not airtight. They, they provided shade, but they, when it rained, they flooded out. And they were using um, styrofoam. For the first time I saw like these big, almost like what you would pack a refrigerator in or whatever, they made like their bathroom was made out of that material. And so we were, we were there and, and, and all of the sights and the smells and seeing where the family lived. We met our family. They were, they were super awesome. Young family. And uh, they had a just about two-year-old boy, Luis. And uh, just to see them and where they were, and then I knew what would happen. After a few days, I knew that this house was going to be there. It was going to be super cool. So we build the house during the week. We're with the family. All of us dedicate our houses. And then we go back to the campground. We put all our stuff together in all our filthy clothes and everything. And we drive back home. We get to Tierra Santa. We unload the bus and uh, grab all of our backpacks and everything. And then we start to drive home. And one of the first things that we did is because we waited in a long borderline. Imagine that. Uh, a pedestrian one. It took a long time. World's record of, of any of our trips that we were ever taken. So we get back to Tierra Santa. My wife and I were hungry and we knew we didn't want to eat when we got home because it would be late and everything. So we went through a drive through but I want you to think about that. We went through a drive-through in our car to get food because we could. That was my first little re-entry little thing. And then I got home and we opened up the, the door of our house and I went over and I turned on the water. And water came out that I could drink out of my tap. You guys are like, I don't drink tap water. <laughs> you could. <laughs> we drink fancy water, Pastor Darrell. So, but, but I did, right? And then, and then I started to unpack all my clothes because we wanted to do laundry. We're kind of like that, my wife and I. We don't like to, like, we're not going to do it tomorrow. We're not going to bed until everything is put, you know. We're kind of like that. We're weird. So we take all our stuff out and we put our clothes in our washer and washed our clothes. I slept in my bed. I like my bed. It's just comfy. And I was just like, all this perspective going through my head. Because I realized when I got home, I said to myself, I'm rich. Amen. We're rich. We live in this country. We have options all around. We, we, we have all of these things, and, and, and with that comes really great responsibility. Many of the countries that I travel to around the world, I've been to 62 different countries, many of them, the average wage for people is a dollar or two dollars a day. And that's what they have. That's it. To provide for their families, to feed them, to do everything, right? The family that we were building our house for made $16 a day. Now, that is on the economy of Baja, California, which is not that different if you go to the grocery store than it is from San Diego. I mean, it's not dramatically different. So the gas isn't that much cheaper, you know, all of that stuff, right? So 16 bucks a day. Imagine that. 
trying to raise little Luis. And then Luis is going to grow up. Well, he's two right now, but he's going to grow up and he's going to get into junior high at some point, hopefully. But what happens when you're about ready to go into junior high is the first thing that the family's hit with is they have to pay for uniforms to have their kids go to school out of that 16 bucks a day. So many families don't do it. High school is even worse, more expensive, more expenses for books and all that kind of stuff, right? And so you're, you, you sometimes do it, you make the investment to do it, and sometimes you just don't, and then you're trapped. And, and poverty will just recycle and recycle, and, and you won't break out of it. But when you get a house, things change. When you hand the keys over to that family, something's going to change because they used to have to get scraps and use their money to buy, make sure that their roof didn't leak, maybe as much, or they'd be always trying to do stuff like that in their home to have a place to stay. Now they don't have that issue anymore. They have a place to live. It's going to change their life. It's super powerful. Now, I want to talk about something that's super powerful uh, this weekend. We're in a series called Flash Theology, and uh, there's a book that was written. You guys are probably have been, uh, been grown accustomed to it now. It's, it's by our very own Pastor Braden, Braden Brookshire. He wrote this book. It's incredible. Very visual, uh, a look at the truths of God and who God is. My men's group on Wednesday mornings is going through this book, and uh, we do it every Wednesday morning, six in the morning. We all wake up. We're on Zoom. We're doing our life group together, and, uh, and it's been awesome. Chapter 21 of this book is where we're going to be at this week, and that's where we get this theme of the weekend, and the truth is this, that God is rich. God's rich. He's loaded. <laughs> I'm telling you. In material resources, but he's rich in love and mercy and grace, forgiveness. He's rich in all of these things. Our flash fact kind of word that we want you to kind of learn here is this plusios word that's there. And that is the word that's used for God is rich. He's rich. He's abundant. There's no end. There's no limits to what he can do and what he has at his disposal. And so we're going to take you to this passage in 1 Timothy chapter 6. The Apostle Paul is writing a letter to this church, but it's really to Timothy, who's the pastor of this church in Ephesus. I've been to Ephesus before. It's such a cool place. You can just still see the, the remnants of Christianity that are there from this, this very time. And he's writing, Timothy's like an up-and-coming up phenom pastor that Paul's pouring himself into, and he writes these words. Now imagine Paul writing this letter to you, and he's going to tell you something and he's going to tell Timothy to say this to his church. Now, Timothy's not here today, so you got me. <laughs> and so imagine he's saying this to Timothy or to me or somebody that's up here, saying this, command those who are rich. Okay, that language coming out of the gate, command them, that's serious, right? I command you. That's kind of crazy. Command those who are rich. We are. We already established that fact. We'll talk about it in a, in a few minutes uh, in more detail. Rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, 
but to, to, to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So God's given us all kinds of stuff for our enjoyment, the world that we live in, all that kind of stuff that's there. But he says this again, he uses that word, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of, listen to this, so that you can take hold of when you're generous, you're willing to share, you're living life this way, you're rich in good deeds, so you can take hold of the life that is truly life. How many of you want the life that's truly life? We want it, right? All of us want that. Anybody would want that. The life that's truly life. How do you do that, though? This, this is like a, a, a way of being, right? It's not the me, 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 me show, like why God gives us all this stuff in, in our world. It's not about that, right? It's not about how many toys we can get and what we can do and what we can achieve and all that stuff. None of that's going to bring us true life. It's going to maybe bring us some temporary happiness, but it's not going to bring us true, deep, within your soul life. So what are we going to do? You and I, we, we need to live our lives out of abundance, out of God's abundance. We need to do that. And again, this is resources. This is God being rich in mercy and love and grace. All those things that are part of our life. I want to take you on a little side journey because God is truly those, right? He's truly abundant in, in, in grace and mercy. I'm ha in my neighborhood right now, my neighbors, there's just like a little war going on. <laughs> it's kind of nutty. Um, there's a, five of our houses that are kind of on this cul-de-sac-y kind of thing down this driveway. And my neighbors on one side and the ones that are back in the back building the house, they're, they're having property line disputes and who's got what. And just, they're super mad at each other. And, and so I'm trying to be the peacemaker and, you know, help them navigate and, and talking. And my one neighbor, he does not like my technique. <laughs> he, he wants me to be super mad. Like, and he's just like, boom, coming at the other guy, you know, and he's laying it out there, right? Really colorful, if you know what I mean. And, and he wants me to be that colorful and he cannot get it why I won't be. And so he is, he's like, you're taking the other guy's side because you're not being mad like I'm mad, you know, the whole thing. And so I'm trying to guide in the middle of that. And all, and, and all of this is God's abundance, right? God's rich in love towards us. God's rich in mercy towards us. He's rich in grace towards me. And so I'm, I, I finally, in the conversation the other day, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to do it the way that's going to make you happy. I go, and the reason why is because I don't follow the guy in the back. I don't follow you. We talk about this all the time, by the way. This is an ongoing conversation. I don't follow my dad. I follow Jesus. And Jesus would have me turn the other cheek. He would have me go the extra mile. He would, he would have me pray for those who are persecuting me and all that stuff. And I said, I'm just not going to do it that way. I'm going to love you guys. I'm going to love them and all that. And he's like, he, got, he was so mad. He's like, so, well, that makes you the worst human being that's ever walked the face of the planet. <laughs> and I was like, I looked at him and I was like, okay. I'm pretty sure I'm not the worst human being <laughs> that's ever walked the face of the planet. I mean, there's got to be somebody worse than me. 
And, but we, you know, and, and we just talked, and, and I love my neighbors, and, and God's going to win. Love's going to win. But you've got to do it that way, because if Jesus wasn't in my life, I would do it different. Let's just say that. There'd probably be some people going to jail, like if Jesus wasn't in the mix of that, right? So, so it's, God's rich in all that. And that's how we live it out, right? But this passage specifically talks about resources, to be abundant in that. First Timothy 6, verse 17. Again, command those who are rich, all of us, right, in this present age, not to be arrogant. woo look at me. Look what I got. Whoa, all that stuff, right? Nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Now, I want to stop here. Some people might be inclined to just take that verse pull it out of context and go, look, God's given us all this stuff and it's like he's the magic genie and you just like pray to God and he's going to give you all this really great stuff in the world. Nothing bad is ever going to happen to you. You're just going to live in it. Okay, that's not what this is saying. You might have heard this referred to maybe as a passage that might bring on the prosperity gospel, something like that, where where you're just going to prosper all the time. But that's, that's out of context in this passage. We'll never preach that here at this church. We'll never do it that way because Scripture doesn't do it that way. But the deal is that God is rich and he is abundant and he does want us to enjoy, but not just for us to be able to give it right, right? This is a mindset. This is a mindset that we're rich in this present world. Now, what does that mean? How are we rich in this present world? I'm going to tell you right now, we have options, that men, much of the world doesn't have. Let me just take you on a little journey. What happens when you and I or our child gets sick? We go to the doctor, right? We take them to the doctor. What happens when somebody in a poverty-stricken place in the world, which is a giant ton of the world, right? What happens when they get sick? Maybe if they're lucky, there's a little tiny clinic somewhere that might have some aspirin or some kind of thing like that, but they don't have like fancy medicines or anything. Many places don't have anything. So when their kids get sick, they, they hope they make it, and, and sometimes they don't. Did you, did you know that every 20 seconds a child dies of a waterborne sickness? Doesn't have to be, but they do. And so when they get sick, that, that's what happens. If you go to uh, any, any person here in our country can go to a hospital emergency room and get treated with the best medical care in the world. Anybody. It doesn't matter who they are. What about when we go uh, grocery shopping? You go to your favorite store, Ralph's, Winco. I like me some Winco. Winco. We have Winco up in North County where, where my wife and I live. But there's, you know, Albertsons, Vaughn's, Smart and Final, all these different kinds of stores. Wherever you, wherever you go, Walmart, shopping, you can shop there. We go shop, right? What do you do if you're in a, an impoverished place? What do you do for groceries? Sometimes there might be like a little tiny little traveling market that comes by. Picture like a farmer's market comes by and, and it maybe has some like plastic tupperware kind of plastic things. Maybe uh, the fish market, if you go there, it's, a, it's like just a long time out outside fish with lots of flies over it. It's super nasty funky. And that'd be the good market. 
And if you don't have that market, you just, it's whatever you raise or whatever you grow. That's, that's what, what you get. That's what your choice is. What about school? We can go to public school, private school, charter school, homeschool, all these different options that we have, right? That we can give an education. If you live in one of these countries, in the, in the country of Liberia, after a civil war, they might have school classrooms left after the civil war. No teachers. Where do your kids go to school with no teachers? Nowhere. And you're trapped in poverty. What about a bottle of water? We already said, you know, you guys could drink your tap water, but you're like, no. I drink bottled water, Pastor Daryl. Filtered water. I got a filter in my house. You know what? What happens when you don't have anything else? Well, every 20 seconds a, a child dies. That's what happens. Of a waterborne sickness, because you had to get your water out of that dirty river where the cows were pooping. Or you had to drink out of that open well. That's, that's what happens, right? I want to tell you, the world, in the first century, the world knew Christians from their, for their generosity. They shared. They had all things in common. They helped the poor. They gave to the poor. They did all of that stuff, and they were super famous. And that world was transformational as the gospel went out around the world, and Christ followers did it that way. To this day... Christians around the world are doing it. I want to tell you, there's a lot going on around the world that, that is good for the good of like what we're doing this weekend at Kingdom Builders. And Christians are leading the way. And it's awesome to be able to do that. Here at our church, um, lots of great things that we're doing, right? So we have our uh, kids that we're helping down in Latin America and South America through, through Child Hope. Matter of fact, I just have to tell you, we have... Two of our missionary, or our missionary family here, three of our missionaries are here. Um, they're from Nicaragua, and they are my dear, dear, dear friends on the, on the planet. Bonnie and I always joke that we're somehow, you know, we're related somehow. We, we're, we're convinced of it. But uh, Levies, Bonnie, Ashley, Hernandez, they're right here. They're from Nicaragua, and there are missionaries down there. <laughs> These guys are awesome. We watched the Padre game with them the other night. It was, it was super cool over at our house. Very cool. And I didn't know this, but, you know, Ashley just went way up. That's their daughter. She's like a total Padre fan, man. She knows everything about the Padres. But we had the greatest time. But, but they are the country directors for um, Child Hope in Nicaragua. So we do all our stuff down there, and they're with us. So we get to partner with those guys. We get to give clean water around the world and, and, uh, and share it. And in Jesus' name, we rescue uh, children and adults from human trafficking. We, we support a human trafficking kind of rescue home in Nepal. We, like, pay for it. And, and sponsor it and pay for all the admin and everything that goes on there so people can thrive. We build houses through more ministries. We, we love refugees that come into our city from Syria and Afghanistan, the Middle East, in war-torn countries through an organization we partner with, with called Bridge Builders. All of this stuff we get to do as a part of being involved in Kingdom Builders. And we'll get real specific just in, in just a minute. But I want you to be inspired towards generosity. That's what it does for me. And when I think of all this stuff that our church gets to do, we reflect God's heart when we give, when we're generous, because God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for a bunch of kind of screwed up people, right? But he loved us that much. He's rich in love and abundance, right? 
So, so Timothy, Paul, he's got this commission. He's like, well, Paul, you want me to do this for my church? You want me to stand up? You want me to say this to, to the church in Ephesus? Yeah, command them to do good. To be rich in good deeds. To be generous and willing to share. Paul's like, he doesn't care. He wants us to do that, right? And so that's our journey. Now, my wife and I have been on this journey for a while. We've been married in July, this coming July, 40 years. I can't believe it. 40 years. Wild. And so on that journey, when we were super poor, we got married. We were babies, you know. And, and we, we were like the young couple that would look at the coupons, or the, the papers, right, that would come out. Six for a dollar top ramen, seven for a dollar top ramen. Here's where we're going this week. I mean, that's how we would do it because we just were trying to make it work, right? But we always tithed. We always knew that biblical truth that we would give 10% of our gross income to, for the work of the local church. And so that's always been with us. And we love to do it. We, tithing has always been a part of us. We do it. And I'm, I'll tell you, it's, the, it's, it's totally worth it. Let me tell you why. Because right now, there's this pastor that we support as a church. Her name's Ashley. And she's the youth, the student pastor over at uh, Scripps Ranch. Pastor Karen's over here at this campus. You know who pastor, who's in Pastor Ashley's ministry over there? My grandkids. You know who my favorite person on the planet is? Ashley. Because Ashley builds the kingdom of God and deep roots in my grandkids so that when they graduate from high school, they don't graduate from God. That's important. That's what Karen's doing. That's what their teams are doing. They raise up volunteers and, and people. Children's ministry, that's what's going on. We need our children, I pray for our kids, to have deep roots in Jesus. If they do, everything else is going to take care of itself. If they don't, it's going to be crazy. What is our tithe? Our tithe that's just the beginning of where our tithe goes. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, all day, every day. I'm going to tithe to build the kingdom of God because that's part of the Great Commission to go into all the world, right? But this is part of all the world and make disciples, deep-rooted followers of Jesus. That's what we do. That's what your campus pastors do. That's what everybody does, right? So we always did that. And then we have this little problem. We had the 10%, right? And we screwed up the other 90%. We got in debt, We went for the immediate instant gratification. You know, it's amazing how credit card companies are. They know exactly what you make and they know exactly what they can give you and what the credit card limit can be so that you can make the minimum payment and have this great immediate self-satisfaction of, oh, I'm going to get this thing. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to save for it. I'm just going to get it now and I'll pay it off. We did that. We did that. Being in a rock band and buying all musical instruments, that was not helpful. Uh, But we got down this place where we were in debt like crazy, and, and, and we were like, man, we want to be generous, but we're trapped. If you are young and you have never taken financial peace, like a small group, financial peace, you, you do it. Trust me. I wish that I would have had that when I was a young married person so that it would have saved me all that grief. We set a goal by 38 years old that we'd be debt free. We had a mortgage, but, we, but everything else gone, and we hit it. 38, we, we made it, we got debt free, all that, it was awesome, it's been freeing and liberating to do that, right? but we, we were to a point where we're like, what if we just had the interest, 
in our pockets. What could we do? How could we build the kingdom of God? That was super important. So then we were on this generosity journey to, to be a part of Kingdom Builders. Now we give every month to Kingdom Builders. Um, we give monthly. And you know what that does? That supports our missionaries like these guys around the world. And we'll tell you a, a little bit more about that in a minute. But it, it, it does that work and all these other different projects. So we like to do that. But then these big weekends come. And my wife and I are like, we're in. We're going to do KB on the, the big water weekend. And we figured it out how we're going to do it in our budget. And so we do all that stuff. But I got to tell you this little thing that came inside of us. Because this will happen to us. Just recently, we were looking at making an investment. Diversifying a little bit and making an investment for our future. And my wife and I literally sat down and audited ourselves and looked at our finances and said, if we make this investment, will it take us backwards in our generosity? If we make this investment, are we going to able to be able to give what we give to kingdom builders or we're going to have to take a little bit out of that so we can make this investment? If we can't make the investment and not go backwards, we're not making the investment. That's just the way we did it. Because I'm not going to go backwards in generosity. I'm going to go forwards in generosity. I'm going to figure out new ways to be generous. And that's, that's the quest for us all. Because that's where the life is that's really life. And so that's what we did. So what's all this other stuff that I keep talking about? What are the things that we do in Kingdom Builders? Okay, so you already, hold, uh, already heard... We built our 139th house uh, in Mexico. This is one of the houses right there. Look at that, right? You can see my grandkids are in there. My grandkids speak fluent Spanish. Awesome. They're like translating on the work site. So epic. My daughter was there. My son-in-law was there. It's the most amazing thing. And they're, they're great. My, my grandson actually wants to do an internship with Amore Ministries um, for, for a summer. Like, that's what he wants to do. I'm like, yes. Mm. I'm like, super pumped, right? So we're there. We build all those houses. Now, another cool project we've been working on for years is we have been working to translate the entire New Testament, the entire Bible, but the entire New Testament in, for a tribe in Papua New Guinea, the the largest tribe in Papua New Guinea, over about 400,000 people that live there. We started in 2014 with this big launch. And right now, just literally in the last month or so, they finished all the translation of the New Testament. They finished recording the audio version of the Bible. This uh, pastor's right there. He's holding up a, a solar-powered audio Bible. So people, because they can't read, they can hear the Bible in their own language, right? And then they're going to have some print Bibles that are going to be ready. And those are going to be ready this coming June. And we're going to go to Papua New Guinea. I'm going to take a little team of people and we're going to celebrate the finish line because we helped pay for all that stuff. I'm going to tell you what we did. Yeah, you can clap. You can clap. It's good. Here's what we did. So there was a translation team of about seven pastors that were translators. They normally would work another job so they could translate the Bible. But in this case, we paid their salaries so they didn't have to be bivocational so we could do it faster and we could get the word of God out quicker to this tribe. And we did it. We made it. And Newbreak paid for that. Every year you paid for their salaries so we could translate the Bible into their, their native tongue. We just hit a milestone of supporting missionaries. This month, we are supporting our 100th missionary family 
from Newbreak every month that's ministering all over the world. And that's something to really be uh, thankful for. And those guys, like seriously, we don't support their whole thing, but I'm telling you right now, whatever we give to like Levy's and Bonnie and, and Ashley, what, what they do, they do ministry on steroids. How many schools do you guys oversee? 22. 22 schools of children that they oversee that we get to be a part of that they do. And those guys, you imagine that, 100, there's 100 more of those that are doing ministry like crazy. So when we support missionaries, they are the real deal doing it on the ground. And I love it, man. We're going to keep supporting missionaries like crazy. So we, we do all those things, right? We're in the process of bringing clean water to 20,000 homes in Egypt, sharing the gospel with, with families that don't have uh, clean water. And so that's, that's all going about, uh, out, out and about. Um, during our last Kingdom Builders weekend, we set a goal to fund the entire Nemosi province in Fiji, which is a big province in Fiji, every single village with clean water. That was 2,000 homes that we set the goal for. But I want to tell you, we, the team on the ground did a really great job. We actually got some matching funds and everything that, that were a part of that. Not only did we finish the entire Nemosi province, but we did another 1,500 homes and finished another entire province out of what we gave at Kingdom Builders. And we weren't done yet. We decided uh, we, we had some extra money. So we went out to this little island called Benga Island. And there's 10 indigenous Fijian uh, villages on that island. And everybody in those villages got clean water too. That all came out of last King KB Water Weekend. Now... That is so many people. We gave clean water to over 4,000 people. We decreased diarrhea rates by 88%. We put over $600 a year in a family's pocket when we give them a $50 water filter because they don't have to buy water, they don't have to pay for medical expenses, and they don't miss work days. Big time. That's a big time investment. We give a $50 investment and it goes to 600 that's a return on investment for the kingdom, right? All in the name of Jesus. So it's super cool. Now, this, this trip, this uh, project got pretty famous. Uh, people heard about it. And so I'm going to play a, a little video right now. And it's super cool because I, I, I work at Sawyer, right? It's an outdoor company. And so we're, we're linked in with all these different outdoor companies uh, around the world. Outside Magazine... If you've never heard of Outside Magazine, you can look them up. They are also the parent company for Backpacker Magazine, a bunch of different ones. I got to take them to Fiji. And they got to go to the Nemosi province where you guys paid for all the water to go in. And they did a story. So right now, live on, back, on uh, Outside uh, TV, Outside Magazine TV, you can see this video in all its length. And then you're going to see it in the next print edition of Outside uh, Magazine plus Backpacker Magazine that they covered the story. But I thought you, we'll take you on a, your own little trip to Nemosi so you can see what you did. So check it out. Well, Fiji is not really a big country, but for us it's pretty big because we have 330 plus islands. Most of them have villages on it, people on it. Most of them have access to water. They have a well, they have a river, they have dams, fresh water supplies in abundance, but the thing is, it's not clean.
There are a lot of problems in the world that can't be solved, but clean water is not one of them. Dirty, contaminated water happens to be one of the biggest killers in the world. Every 20 seconds, a child dies of a waterborne sickness. And so here in Fiji, we came and we saw a giant need in the country. People not drinking uh, clean water. Diarrhea is the common one. The other one is cough and uh, also typhoid. When they get to the hospital, they spend money to get there, which is hard for them to earn. Then the doctor recommends them to go and get the bottled water, which is expensive. When we first came in 2008, there were about 50%, 60% of the population that didn't have access to treated water. I was raised in a farm in a village, and we always had water problem. And uh, when first time I saw the Swear uh, water filter, it was, for me, it was like a small miracle machine. Since 2008, we have done close to 10,000 plus filters. Over 20,000 homes have been uh, impacted here in Fiji with, with the water filter, so it's pretty, pretty incredible. So day looks like this, we pick up our volunteers, our health inspectors, and we go and explain to them what water filter is all about. We do demonstration, we give them water filters. I have always believed uh, in educating people is the way to go when we empower our community and our people to do better in their lives. After giving them filters, we have found out that uh, their health has improved. There's less diarrhea or no diarrhea. There's less cough or no cough, no throat irritation. So that it not only benefits them, but it benefits their generation, coming generation. And we know when you use the filters properly and you maintain them and take care of them, they are going to last for years. The data doesn't lie. The people's lives don't lie. And right now, Fiji is actually on the short list of countries to finish border-to-border -border access to clean water. There's about 10,000 families that are left to be able to give clean drinking water to the whole country. When I was growing up, if I had access to something like this, my life would have been you know, really impacted in a very sweet way. Why not change the world with clean drinking water? We have the technology to do it. We have the great partners on the ground to be able to do it. And we want you to join us and change the world with us. It's kind of cool. Super cool. Jesus said these words. The Apostle John wrote them down. He says, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. If you love, that's how people are going to know us. Not from an eye for an eye kind of mentality, but for the love of Jesus. They're going to know us that way. I remember standing on this stage in 2007. And we were in the place where we knew we wanted to do a water project around the world and we were just, we were going to start Give Clean Water and it was like two, 2008 we were going to do that. But as we're preparing, we found these water filters. They were called bio sand filters, big concrete things. You know, you fill them up with sand and all that kind of stuff. We thought that's what we were going to use uh, to bring clean water to the country of Fiji. But we, we got, I got a phone call. This is now 2008, about two weeks before we're going to 
to Fiji to do this water project, I get a phone call from Kamar. <laughs> Kamar from this campus. So Kamar calls me. She used to work at Amore Ministries, and I used to work at Amore. We'd nerd out and talk about water and all that kind of stuff. And she calls me, and she's like, hey, Daryl, do you know, have, have you seen these water filters that are made by Sawyer? They just came out, and they're, like, super cool, and they're way better than those, you know, biosand filters and all that stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'll check them out. And so from there, I ordered two of the water filters from Sawyer. I called them. And I said, hey, we're getting ready to go to Fiji. We got these biosand filters, but we want to try yours. Can you FedEx me a couple? So they FedExed me a couple. I took them down to Miramar Lake. I hooked them all up. I went down to the lake. I looked for where all the ducks were because I knew there'd be a lot of duck feces in the water, right? And so I went there and I grabbed these vials that I got down from a laboratory and one of the vials was filled with unfiltered water. And that, was, that registered off the chart, greater than whatever the highest number was for bacteria count. And then the one that had the Sawyer water filter in it, zero. I said, we're using these. So in August of that year, we took the first small group of people. And I, and, and I remember the first family. Prakash and his family lived near the ocean. They were on a farmland and they had an open well. We went to it. it was, nothing was covering it. Everything goes inside of it. Animals die inside of it. All kinds of bugs go in there and the whole thing. And I remember them taking a bucket, dipping it down, bringing it out, and then dipping it in the glass. And it was kind of like tea colored, you know? It was just dirty. And that's, that's their water. And then we gave them one of the filters. It was like a miracle. It's like crystal clear, perfect, potable water, you know, and they were never going to get sick again. So that was in 2008. So we're almost 16 years to the 16 year anniversary in August. Prakash still goes to the church. That's our sister church in Fiji uh, where the Give Clean Water team goes. He still goes there. He's a fisherman. And so he's still doing his thing. He still has his water filter. And uh, he keeps it now because about 10 years after he uh, got the water filters, the government finally came on in on the outer part of the island and actually put in some piping. They were putting a new hotel kind of over there on Marriott or something. So they got the benefit of that. But sometimes when it floods in flood rainy season, their, their water supply is no good. So he keeps it for emergencies now. And he's had that filter and it still works. It's amazing. But all of that came out of here. And I forgot to tell this in the first service. But so what started as, a, as, as this initial, what if you could change the world? Starts right here, right? And then we got to teach a bunch of other nonprofits how to do this around the world. And that's kind of what I do now with my job. So from that time where nobody was using it till now, 27.5 million people have clean water. Sick. Couple hundred nonprofits around the world do it. Some of my best buddies, we all just run in a little water pack and it's super fun to do it together. But that's awesome. So, what do we do about all this stuff? What's our call? What's our call to action in all, the, all of this? First Timothy chapter uh, 6, verse 19 uh, again says this In this way, so when you're generous, when you're full of good deeds, when you love like this, in this way, they'll lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they'll. Take hold of life. That's really the life. What's that going to be? I want you to picture Timothy again in, in, in our room. Commanding us. Paul, commanding us. If I could do it, if I could just go, I command you, you know, whatever. That'd be weird. But it's what he said to do. 
And I'll never back away from it because wealth and material possessions and resources are not meant to just be self-serving, that they would just serve us, but it's, it's to help us be able to, to use those resources to build the kingdom of God. To, to make the world a better place, to, to all of those things that go along with it, but we want to give it with the love of Jesus when we do it, right? When that was said to the early church, that was said with the idea of 100% participation. And I'm going to say it to us the same way. If 100% of us participate in building the kingdom of God like this, the world would dramatically change because a bunch of us are in all the way, some of us are on the journey, some of us are just starting or whatever, but if we did, if we did 100% participation, it would be uh, world-changing for, for sure, and, and some of us can, all of us can do something, all of us. So I want to show you what our goal is. We have a goal, we set out $120,000 to raise, and you guys are like looking around the room right now, going, okay, 120 grand, how's that going to come out of this room right here? Well, it's not going to just come out of this room, it's going to come out of this room, it's going to come out of all the people that aren't here for whatever reason, Rock and Roll Marathon or whatever it is this weekend, it's going to come out of the first service, the Scripps Ranch Campus has a couple services, Ocean Beach, their service, all the online community, you guys that are watching right now, we're all going to join together and Trust me, we can do it because I've seen it done over and over and over again. We'll come together to do something that we couldn't do by ourselves, but will make a dramatic impact on the kingdom of God. And so we set a goal for doing this, and this is what it will be. For 2,400 families to get clean drinking water. That's 12,000 people in the province of Naitasiri. That's the name of the province that we're going to be in, the second largest one. And every indigenous Fijian family in, in those villages is going to have clean water as a result of that. Now, up until 1960, there were no roads here. Imagine that. They got, they, there's five rivers that feed all of those villages and everybody settled on the rivers. And so they still drink water out of the river. They have roads now. Used to be able to only get there by boat. But imagine if you're at the river at the bottom. And there's somebody at the top that's got their cows doing their thing in the water, right? And up above, and that water, and you're drinking all that stuff, and you're sick. We're going to change that. We're going to eradicate all those waterborne sicknesses. So here's how it breaks down. $10 gives clean drinking, to one, clean drinking water to one person in Fiji for the next 10 plus years. So that's easy, right? I'm going to just tell you right now, that's for your kindergartner. Not for you. If you're an adult in the room, I'd be, you know, I mean, that'd be something. Everybody can do something, right? But, but you could teach your kids, right? They like to get an allowance or something like that. They could do that. $50 would give um, clean drinking water to a family, five people in the family for the next 10 plus years. 500 bucks, that would give to 10 families. That's 50, 50 people that you would impact. You would impact. You'd change their life. Their kids would grow up. This generation would grow up with clean water. $5,000. Now you're like, whoa, that's a big number, Pastor Joe. Five, it is a big number, but I know a lot of people that are here. I know a lot of people that are listening in online. You can do it. You've been blessed like crazy. You have amazing jobs, all that kind of stuff. You can do it. And that's going to change 100 families. And I, I know this because it's happened in the past. There's people that can do more, even more than that. I know it. I know them. 
I know who, like us, they're my friends. My friends can do it. And so we're all going to get together and we're going to put this this project together and we're going to change this province. And then when we do it, because that's what we do. When When we give to Kingdom Builders, it goes right there. 100% of what we bring in from the Kingdom Builders Clean Water Fiji will go right to the project. I was a founder of Give Clean Water. Back in the day, I've never received a cent from Give Clean Water. All the staff and everybody that work with Give Clean Water, they all are funded by private donors who who cover the very low operating costs so that when we give, 100% of it goes right to where it should go. And I don't know about you, but I like giving to those kinds of things when it goes right where it's supposed to go, right? And then we do it, and then we get it done, and then we're going to report back to you. And I promise you, we'll come in under budget and we'll do more than we, than we had on the screen, but we'll report it back and we'll celebrate it, right? So are you ready? Now, here's, here's where the rubber meets the road. This actually has to work itself into a, from a great idea to our checkbooks, our bank accounts, and some decisions. And you're going to probably need to have a conversation. This is how my wife and I do it. Now, we had the luxury of knowing this weekend was coming, right? So we already had this conversation. Here's typically what it looks like with my wife and I. And this is any generous moment. Kingdom Builders weekends, given monthly. Somebody comes up and wants to sell us Girl Scout cookies. Somebody, you know, all kinds of generosity, right? But especially on these weekends. So I have my number. And then my wife has her number. And then we get together and we say, okay, what's your number? So many times we have the same number, but sometimes we don't. And I hate it when she's more generous than me. (laughs) So when I say that, what's happened to us a lot of times is we'll both come up with something and then we'll pray about it and we'll think about it. And I'm almost every time convicted I could do more. I'm holding back. I know it deep in my heart. There's a tension in there. I could do it. It might mean that I have to postpone some other kind of thing or whatever, but it's just worth it for us. And so I, so we then come up with what we're going to come up with. And I would say this, whatever that first number is, don't hold on to that first number too tight. I know how it works in me and I am not going to go backwards. And I'm not going to stand up here. You know, you get here on these weekends and you're like, oh man, I brought a guest today and we're talking about money or whatever. Hey, look, man, we build the kingdom of God in this place. We're unashamed when when we do it. That's what we do. That's who we are. That's how God's loved us. He's given us everything in our life. I'm never going to be embarrassed to lead people to Jesus around the world through these tangible expressions of of God's love. Never. That is my life calling. And that's the journey I want to lead us all on. And that's the journey I think the Apostle Paul leads us on to go down there. So you're going to think about it. 100% participation, no matter what, right? We're going to do it that way. Now, here's how you can do it. There's a QR code. You can scan that with your phone. That's going to take you to the giving page. And on there in the Kingdom Builder section, there's a drop down. It's going to be Clean Water Fiji, right? Right. I got that right. Yeah, clean water Fiji. And uh, so that's what it's going to say. And then you're going to choose that. You can give that way. You can write a check. You can go to the website. You can select the drop down. You can do however you want to do it. 
You can, you can do it any number of ways, but I want you to go home and I want you to think about it. Some of you might be ready to do it today. You just know. You don't need to have a conversation. You just know. But some of you need to have a conversation. So these next couple of weeks, you can do that. And together we're going to join. We're going to celebrate what we did. And then when we get the job done, we're going to celebrate in a big way what we did. It's going to be awesome. I want you to think about this. I hear a lot of people say this and it bothers me. I never want us as a church for any of us to say, I love my church. I love all the great things that they do. I want us to say, I love my church. I love all the great things that we do. Not that they do, that we do. Because that's how we're going to change the world. So let's do it. Unashamedly, we're going to change the world. Let me pray for us. Then we're going to receive our offering and worship team is going to lead us and that'll be it for the day. Lord, we are, are grateful. We're grateful that you love us, God. We know us. We know how we are. You loved us. You gave us life through Jesus, forgiveness through Jesus, grace, hope. You've, you, you, for whatever, we don't, we don't even know if we'll ever know this, God, why we were born here. We don't know. But we got to believe that with the options that we have, God, that you're calling us to do great things in the world. We're calling, you're calling us to join you on a mission, the Great Commission, to bring the goodness of Jesus around the world. And we want to do it through very tangible ways that meet people's physical needs and spiritual needs. So God, I pray for every single one of us. It's such a thrill to be able to join you on this journey. We can't wait to see what you're going to do. Uh, all the lives that are going to be impacted. And we'll celebrate it all together. Lord, someday we're going to celebrate it in heaven with all the people that we didn't even know that we'll get to meet. That God, we're on the receiving end of, of your generosity, God. We're, we'll have a giant celebration in heaven with people that are yours from all over the world. So we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.